960 KXNO. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on a Friday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. Appreciate you spending some time here with us as Trent and I will talk sports for the next couple of hours and uh, culminate the show by giving you an opportunity to win some barbecue from our friends at Claxons in Altoona. Drake Northern Iowa will be a part of it. They will tip uh, at 12.05, coming up from St. Louis here this morning. BMW of Des Moines guest looks, looks like this. Speaking of St. Louis, Kevin Lehman had the call last night, along with Mitch Holtis of the uh, of the 8-9 game as Drake prevailed over Illinois State. Uh, Kevin Lehman will join us coming up here at about 20 minutes from right now as we will take a look at today's contests. Rob Doster from NBC Sports, College Basketball Talk, and WatchStadium.com on the national scope will join us at 1045. Dylan Montz on the Cyclones at 11 and Tom Cakert from HawkeyeReport.com. About 11.20, 11.25. Somewhere in that uh, area, we will preview what is now uh, a massive game in Champaign on Sunday night. Six o'clock tip-off for that one. Illinois, Iowa, the winner gets the double bye. The loser, six, seven. Possibly eight. Possibly eight. We should know by then, right? What what the, uh, where the... Uh, loser gets parked because well, it's the last basketball game of the season. It is, and we can play around a little bit with uh, everything. Yeah, the model. <laughs> with the model. So last night I was trying to do just that with our buddy M. Red, yeah. who puts together this, uh, you put in the teams, who wins, and it spits out what the conference tournament bracket is going to look like. The site was down last night. Oh, really? So, was, so much traffic, maybe? Was, possibly, but I was losing my mind for a little bit because I had something that I was looking for and I couldn't find it. Mm. Alas, uh, back up this morning as I was dinking around a little bit on it. Uh, good stuff. No, it's, it's, he's, uh, he does a great service for those folks that mm-hmm. like to kind of uh, forecast how this thing could go and see where you, the team that you root for potentially might end up. Uh, Claxton's Barbecue at 11.45. We'll use Drake. Uh, we'll use the Drake Northern Iowa game, Kansas State, Iowa State, of course, Illinois uh, and Iowa. What other games? Seton Hall uh, and Creighton. That's yeah. a pretty big spot. Over in Omaha. Two big teams spot. fighting for a two seed. Probably neither can get to a one, I would think, at this point with the losses they took this week. Yeah, I don't see it. Speaking of that, uh, one of my favorite games of the, of the season was that Seton Hall Villanova game earlier this week. It was. It was a standalone. I think it was seven thirty. Yes, I want to yeah. say really um, fun one there. Yeah, I, Wednesday night, Tuesday that night. Was? I, this week is kind of running together for me. Yeah, it's really, good to see you. By the way, yeah, I haven't seen you since when? Since Tuesday. Since Tuesday, right? Not you took Wednesday to off, and you uh, you worked on Thursday. I took yesterday off. I didn't have anything to do. I went on the nice. Uh, my wife and I jumped in the car and thought, uh, you know, let's just go for a drive. We've heard that uh, that Western Illinois is uh, is beautiful at this time of year. Yes. Uh, so we crossed the Iowa border and got into Western Illinois just to take in the sights. Really? Uh huh. That, that that's baffling. You mm-hmm. left your basement? Left the basement, jumped in the car, and off to Illinois we went. Really? We did. Good for you. Absolutely. Happy to hear things like that. You don't that. understand why I went, do you? And I'm not going to explain any further. Well, I think I know. There was some antiquing probably on the other there side of the border. There was not. No? No. I'm not going to go any further. I don't want people's <laughs> no, perception no, no, of me. No, Okay, okay, okay. Uh, Say to, no more, Fred. Yeah, to, to take it any differently. But uh, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> 
Stay a speed limit. You know what I did like? Google Maps has... Uh, oh, actually, you know me and technology, yes, right? Yes, I finally right. brought you into 2020 with Google well, Maps. Well, more so, Cindy, because I told her what you told me, and yeah. she was able to do it. And, of course, I you know, lost interest. Um, but on Google Maps, that actually shows you where speed traps are. Oh, yeah, that's nice, isn't oh, it? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Coming up in five miles, there's four cars on this... Um, what, do you, what do you call it? An exit or whatever. And there they were. Um and it's accurate, and people going by. It's crazy that people are driving on I eighty, mm-hmm. kind of around you, I guess, because they're seeing the same things you are. And I just went by two minutes ago. And uh, anyways, uh, but yeah, so it's a beautiful trip to uh, to Western Illinois. Love it, love it. Love. And there's no place I'd rather be. <laughs> uh, well, we are here this morning. We're going to talk some sports, and you know, we talked about the uh, uh, Drake and you and I, and they're going to play coming up here at twelve o'clock. We'll get into that when to, with Kevin Lehman in about twenty minutes from right now. But look, Ohio State did uh, did the Hawkeye fans, and I wonder was it difficult for the fan base to cheer for Ohio State last night? I don't think it was. I mean, I think there's probably more villains out there in the Big Ten, right? I mean, I will never cheer for Wisconsin regardless of what it does for my Hawks. Right. I will never cheer for Nebraska regardless of what it was for, does for my Hawks. Ohio State shouldn't fall in that category, should they? Ohio State basketball, I would say. More so, so than much. football? Football or, would be probably would a different they? kind of conversation, and I think football rivalries also run a little bit deeper with that. When you talk about Nebraska, you know, Nebraska basketball, it wouldn't have yeah, that same no. kind of vitriol, even with the negative commentations you might have of the fan base. But I think football, those rivalries run a little bit deeper. And you're also talking about Illinois, and you're talking about basketball rivalries. Yeah. Outside of Wisconsin, even though it's dissipated, the Iowa-Illinois basketball rivalry certainly has dissipated no throughout question. the years. Yep. It is still a big rival. Mm-hmm. And, and because well, of and that— Well, it's on Sunday night. And, and yes, and because of that— Coupled with the game, mm-hmm. what it's going to mean, the importance. Fray McCaffrey getting his team to a double buy mm-hmm. for the first oh, time huge. in his tenure. Chance to get to the semifinal, semifinals for the first time during his tenure. All these different things. I think made it pretty easy last night to become a Buckeye fan, at least for two hours in, uh, in early March. Uh, did you see that Fran McCaffrey's not one of the ten semifinalists for Coach of the Year? He was not uh, put on that list. Only one team from the Big... Only one coach from the Big Ten is amongst the ten. Can you figure out which one it will be? I don't know offhand. I didn't see the list. Take I, a guess. I'm not surprised that McCaffrey, at least uh, the National Coach of the Year, isn't on there. Yeah, especially after this past week. We're talking national. We're talking big picture, bigger than the insular mm-hmm. nature of things. Is it Mark Turgeon? It is not. Okay, good. Good. Um, Calipari, I'm, Drew, Dutcher. Am I saying his name right? Yeah, uh, San Diego State. San Diego State. Uh, Grant uh, at um, 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 Dayton. Uh, Leonard Hamilton, McDermott, Pearl, and uh, Mark Pope at BYU. Representing the Big Ten is? Brad Ann Underwood. No, and that's who I would have put in there, too. He, Greg Gard? No, you're 0 for 3. Peichel? You're 0 for 4. Chambers. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, okay. Finally got there. <laughs> it took a while. But you know what? That's not crazy that it took you so many guesses, yeah. right? The Big Ten has been like this all year long. And you're not going to put Izzo on the list, even no. though he's probably going to win the outright conference. We'll see um, as we uh, come down the stretch in college basketball. But look at Illinois and Iowa. Uh, it's not an oversell, Trent, and you hit the nail on the head. It's the double buy, and it's available, and you don't have to play until Friday. And wouldn't that be nice if you're able to sit back and watch all that carnage unfold on Thursday and wait for your foe on Friday, whoever that might be? And now that that is a complete possibility because Ohio State knocked off Illinois last night in what was a very entertaining basketball game. It really was. And 
Early on, it looked like Illinois. I thought Illinois had him, yeah, right? I, I was right there. Not the Soma couldn't miss for a few yes. for a little while. He was good all night, but it, it wasn't just that. It just it had that feeling that Illinois they were just locked in, mm-hmm. and Ohio State was kind of drifting through things. But and then the Wessons got gone, and when that happens, Ugh. that Ohio State team is yeah, really good. Lydell as well was terrific off yeah. the bench last night. Who maybe a frustrating year for him? I maybe I just anticipated more out of him. Okay, you know, looking at him in his recruiting rankings mm-hmm. and those type of things, I thought. Certainly, he'd be a more consistent player than he's been for the Buckeyes. Really weird Ohio State team. Yeah, they are, aren't they? If, if Depends what night you watch them. Yeah, they get knocked off. They're probably going to be a 7-10 seed, something in that uh-huh. range. They get knocked off in the first round, no surprise. But they're a 7 or a 10, and they beat a 2 in the round of 32. Ooh, I wouldn't be surprised either. I, because when they're going good, they're as good as any. Trent, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a Big Ten school that uh, that knocks somebody off. Um, but look! Look at the competition in the games that they've played. All year. Mm-hmm. the conference is so good. Conference is so good. Well, uh, don't look now, but Ohio State's won what four in a row and six out of the last seven. I think that was what they said last night on the broadcast. Um, but uh, fun, fun game last night. Now everything's available. Can't wait. And you know, hopefully, the guys that uh, got a little bit dinged up on sp- specifically Creed. Nah, I shouldn't say that because I need. I want to see pencil. On yes, the floor. yeah. They need pencil on the floor. They need good pencil. Yeah, they need and and good. Pemsel's been good for the month of he February. Has, he has. He played very well right after the suspension. After he came back, precisely, yep. it was whatever it was—the kick in the butt that he needed. However, you want to phrase it, that's what he needed because he has played incredibly well for them. You know, the only Buckeye loss was the loss to Iowa. It's Iowa. Here's what they've. Uh, here's what they've beaten since then. They beat Maryland. Mm-hmm. No, of course, no. They beat Nebraska, but everybody does. They did the it on the road, part. though. They did it on the road. You're right. Game was in Lincoln. It was a twenty point blowout. Uh, they beat Michigan and Illinois. That's not bad because Michigan was playing really nice. very well. Very, very How about nice. beeline back in the building for senior night last night? Did you see that? I saw somebody that say that was really cool. Can't you uh, pull up a chair at the end of the bench there and help out his, <laughs> yeah. help out Juwan Howard just a little bit? Maritelli, Maritelli, the rest of that crew. Yeah, I got a kick out of that one. Yeah, yeah that was. That's a, he's back a class in the building. dude. He needs yes. to be in college basketball. I think. I mean, I don't think he's going to be in the NBA. He's not going to be in the NBA, no. and I don't think he's coached his last game. So we'll see. One of those off-season topics. You know, as I look around college basketball, and we're getting we're in about within about what a month, maybe five weeks, all these guys. And I think it's it, it kind of stings. As a fan, it stings a little. And I don't begrudge what I'm about to say. I don't want that to be taken the wrong way. If you were good enough to get paid for what you do, go. But as a fan of the sport, mm-hmm. we're about to get to that time. And, oh, if he was only back next year, this yeah. school would be so much better. Dot, 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 dot. We could go down, you know, a handful of those kind of guys. And um, a lot of decisions going to have to be made. Michigan, a perfect example. Michigan not only lost guys, but lost guys before many people anticipated. They would have been preseason number one mm-hmm. if everybody returned. They didn't. Well, Fernando comes back to Maryland, though. That's, they, they would have been up there, too. Right. That's another really good conversation of here locally, of course, Iowa State. Horton yeah. Tucker, right? he's back with this team. How much different do they Iowa be better? I'm not so sure because I don't know. If, and a lot of people have said this to us, Trent. Yes. If Cook's back, we might not have seen Luca Garza be Luca Garza. Certainly not at this level. I mean, I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. You don't need to be a basketball aficionado to understand the room that he has now to operate inside wouldn't be there with Tyler Cook. And be able to unleash this Luca Garza, would this team be better? Would they be better with Isaiah Moss there? We've seen the deficiencies. The deficiencies are the exact same at Kansas that we've seen. He disappears. He's not a good defender. Mm-hmm. He can fill it up. 19-footers usually with a foot on the line. That's his best shot, (laughs) but he can shoot it, but that's really all that he adds to the team. Kansas needs that. 
because Kansas outside of him, mm-hmm. they don't have a group of great shooters. No, Brown, but um, yeah, I, I'm with you. Top, as a full player, C.J. Frederick as a redshirt freshman is better yeah, than Isaiah you. Moss. Totally agree with you. He is a more complete yep. basketball no, player. No, with, if you were able to turn the clock back on eligibility and you had to choose one, yeah, Frederick's the guy. I totally agree. He, he, he's uh, he's fearless. Yes. He's fearless. He's got a short memory because if he throws up one that just, you know, brick. Going to get the ball, and that's not going to that's not going to uh, change his uh, change change his thinking all, at all. He's going to fire. All right. So uh, Drake last night, this was a uh, really a tale of two halves. I thought that Illinois State Drake was not guarding the three early. And there was some, especially the one at the end. I mean, um, DeVries had to be beside himself when that kid uh, hit the three ball to cut it to three because everybody knew, at least seemingly, that they were going to try and, and make a three and get this game close, and they did. They cut it to within two. Uh, as Horn, I think it was Horn, one of the freshmen uh, hit a big three, but then Drake just came out and asserted their will. Early in the second half, Illinois State tried to you know, hang in there. It was a, it was a good watch last night, Trent. I was back and forth between that and the Big Ten game, but probably spent more time in the first half on Drake, and then Drake got... I mean, they were almost up by 20 at one point. Did you see the play? It was early in that second half after they hit a couple of threes early on, stretch out the lead. But the uh, shot from Robbins, the tip back that he hit, so ball comes off the rim. He tries don't to remember this. He tips it in the air. There's about 17 minutes left, I think, in the okay. second half. And it goes higher than the backboard, the top of the backboard, uh-huh. and just drops straight down. Did it? No, I don't, <laughs> didn't see it. It was, one it of, was their night? It was one of the crazier things of that. Yeah, the lead extended there. There was a timeout right afterwards. It was... Everything Drake was throwing up was going mm-hmm. in, and they pulled away. Pretty comfortable, and that's what you need. Yeah. For Drake, it's never happened before. Not just winning the championship with four games and four days at the MVC tournament, but even getting to the title game. Well, it's a ramp up big time. Mm-hmm. With this quick turnaround, I love the way the Valley does it. They don't trick up the tournament bracket no. like the WCC, nope. where you get a buy for the top two seeds all the way to the semifinals. I think I get it. I understand the reasoning behind it. You earn it, and you don't want to hurt teams that have a chance to be an at-large team by having them play more games. But I like the way the bracket's set up, but give them some kind of advantage. Not just playing an 8 or 9 seed in the quarterfinals, but they play at 6 o'clock, then they have to turn right yeah, back around. Yeah, the game ended. I, I looked at my I looked at my um, my phone because I wanted to eight oh two is eight oh two when the uh, when the game ended and they'll get out of there. I don't know, maybe probably within an hour. They got there's uh, media responsibilities mm-hmm. after that tournament. They uh, they open up the locker room, but the coach and a few of the players go down to the podium and um, so probably back to the hotel by nine thirty. Grab sure. something to eat, maybe watch a little uh, little tape or a little film on on uh, Northern Iowa. We don't have to go back too far. They no. just played on. Saturday for crying out loud didn't go well for Drake but you know what all bets are off today right all bets are off today so it'll be fun 1205 is the tip off for that bad boy Iowa State uh Michael Jacobson did not practice yesterday boy I I, I didn't think he's gonna get back into the basketball game yeah. I really didn't uh, after the uh, injury on Tuesday night and I as I asked Alex Halstead who joined me uh, on Wednesday for a quick recap of that one he just wondered how he woke up on Wednesday you know because they all out adrenaline right mm-hmm. all the senior night adrenaline going um, didn't practice which apparently he's going to practice today look the game's meaningless they're there's they're going to play in the eight nine game regardless of what happens. Uh, K-State's not K-State's the worst team in the conference, so they're not going anywhere. They can't catch Iowa State. They're two games back right. so it's, with it's, one game to go. It's Are you going to wear the home jerseys? What color uniform? Yeah, I dark. guess. You're playing Oklahoma State in that game. 
I guess TCU could still be a possibility, but you're only you're in the eight nine game, and then mm-hmm. you're going to get Kansas. Mm-hmm. You win that game, you get Kansas in the quarterfinals, and still that'd be fun to see, wouldn't it? To see Kansas one more yeah. time, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. I mean, Iowa State fans, I think, would be excited to get their shot. Mm-hmm. They know the likelihood of pulling that upset is incredibly small, but. Take another shot at him. Why not? Played well for the first half in the game down in Lawrence. Absolutely. Maybe you catch fire. You get hot. I I, I totally agree with you. I, look, I'm not ready to finish talking about no. Iowa State basketball. This is uh, there's there's not enough of them left on the schedule for crying out loud. It'll be here before we know it, right? Nobody think, wants to see that. At least I don't. So what have you got tonight? You've got more. Uh, you've got high school basketball finals tonight. Yeah, championship tonight in so five a. How long have they? Because Saturdays always used to be championship day. It used to be. I, I remember a game, well, it had been 2016. That was when Ankeny Centennial won their first ever championship as Centennial, the, stand, the two schools, uh-huh. uh, with Scott DeYoung and company yep. and a team that nobody thought was going to do anything. Well, mm-hmm. bet against Scott DeYoung at your own will because they won and won the title. But that was on a Friday night, a Saturday night. So they changed it. I think this is the third year of it now. The okay. reasoning behind it, the girls, associate, the girls Union excuse me, made the decision. Let's put start things with class 5A. Because in the past, it just let up. You start with 1A, you go all the way up right. to 5A, and, right. and you progress through, and your last tournament game is 5A. But they've seen attendance numbers go up in a big-time manner when they start with the 5A games, because normally there's local teams involved. Mm-hmm. You have the bigger schools involved. Mm-hmm. You give the smaller communities then an opportunity to make the drive. Think of Sioux City East made it in the girls' bracket this year in 5A. If they had to play that 10 a.m. game, Sioux City East... All right, you're getting up at, what, 6 at, at minimum, yeah, getting yeah. on the road to get here, right. those kind of things. And then all the communities across the state having to do that and made it incredibly difficult for some of those smaller schools just to even get people there, to get a rally, a pep bus, and get people in the bus and get them down to Wells Fargo Arena. They've seen attendance go up because of that. They've seen numbers go up in terms of all kinds of different metrics. So it makes sense. I personally would like to see it end with the big school, the 5A, mm-hmm. but... Hey, I don't have a vote in this one. I'll be there, which should be a great game. Justin, you will have the, you get on the air at six? Yep, six o'clock, right after the Fanatics. I'll jump on right at six o'clock as it'll be a all CIML affair. How about this? Six of the last eight years in the big school class, it's been all CIML in the final. Shows you the power of Central Iowa. Yeah, no question. Girls basketball, it is incredibly good. This one should be great. Waukee looking for their second title under Chris Guess and, well, his uh, former assistant coach and also a Waukee teacher. How about that? Coach Jelk hmm. is the Johnston coach. He's been there for, I think, eight years now. Six straight years. They have got to the state tournament. They've got to the title game once. Lost that one. And back to the aforementioned Ankeny Centennial squad. Looking for his first title with the Dragons. Well, there's been a lot of uh, positive publicity on the work that you've done so far this uh, this weekend. Well, thank you. No, no, it's well-deserved. You, um, you're passionate about it, and you have to be, uh, and you certainly are, and you've got another week ahead of you. Yeah, Boys State <laughs> right? Basketball next week, which should be incredible. we got four 4A schools involved. Norwalk's going to be there. we got the small school mm-hmm. uh, local teams that will also be there. We'll bring you play-by-play action, though, of that one starting on Tuesday night and taking you all the way Jeez. to the title tilt. For a championship game, 8.35 on Friday night. So you'll be down there doing that one? I'll be doing that one. Got Good. quarterfinals, semifinals. It's going to be another busy weekend. Are the Wolves back in town this weekend? Do you know? Did I, I see that? I don't know offhand. Because, I mean, I know the Wild are on the road because they lose uh, they lose the building. I thought I saw that the Wolves were coming home. Maybe, maybe A little I'm bit mistaken. easier just to change the uh, decals on the hardwood right? as opposed yeah, to, to putting down ice. Right, taking, down, or, taking up the basketball yes. floor and just uh, 
you know, running the Zamboni over things, no doubt about that. All right, we're going to run down to St. Louis. Kevin Lehman will join us. Uh, He uh, had the call last night of the Drake game. So you say he's not only doing TV, he's doing radio as well. Yeah, they do the double dip there with a lot of the different people. So I don't know how many people are in the rotation, but I know Kevin isn't doing radio. Never know. Because KOMX has a couple other affiliates pick it up. From across the area, so you wonder. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. You're already there, right? Yeah. Might as well get another check. <laughs> Why not? Why not? All right, we'll take a time out. Kevin Lehman joins us. Uh, Rob Doster will go around college basketball. Boy, and I'm going to ask him this, and I don't expect him to know the answer to it. And maybe it's more of a statement than a question. When was the last time the Duke, North Carolina, to bring the curtain down on the ACC meant as little as this one did? See what the projected point spread is? Yeah, well, you told me we were taping the TV show earlier in the week. 15 and a half? 15 and a half. That's crazy. Duke, North Carolina, and one team's favored by, well, Duke in this case. Right. But, but I don't care which, you know, any year of North Carolina favored by. It's crazy to think that that's. Oh, well. Tis the year. We will uh, take a time out, come back with Kevin Lehman, more on the Missouri Valley Conference. Drake and you and I will throw the ball in the air in less than two hours. Miller and Condon with you until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And now, a 106... Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, St. Louis in a moment with Kevin Lehman. Um, Glenn from Gutenberg, Gutenberg, yeah. who's uh, a regular listener to our program, listens online. He just sent me a text. Uh, he just drove by Dyersville, went by Field of Dreams. Ooh. Stadium lights are all up. The grading on the field, the grading mm-hmm. on the field looks like it's good to go. Starting on the seating in the stadium. Oh, love that. So it's coming along. Washer Systems of Iowa makes it possible for us to talk Missouri. Well, we can always do it, but they sponsor it. Missouri Valley Conference conversation all season long. Kevin Lehman joins us from St. Louis. He had the television call last night of Drake and Illinois State. Uh, Let's find out what he's doing today. Kevin, uh, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? Hey, it's my pleasure, kids, and a big thanks to Jeff Egley. The owner of Washer Systems, he's on his way down to St. Louis right now. Beautiful. He's a huge, huge Panther fan. Well, and there they better get there quick. In an hour and a half, the ball goes <laughs> in the air, uh, Kevin. Now, will you? what games do you work today, Kev? Well, I had that first game. I actually work all four kits, so I do wow. TV with Bitch, yep. Opus, our voice the Kansas City Chiefs, the guy, like I said, he even makes me look good. No, you guys were a good listener last night, Kevin. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed listening to you, too. Thank you very much. Uh, so we have that first game, Golden Iowa Drake, the rematch from Saturday. Then I'll hop and do radio on game number Jeez. two, then come back on TV for the Loyola matchup against Valparaiso, which may be a better game that, that some think. 
No, I'm with you. I, I watched some of that game last night uh, after you guys got done with the early game and uh, Illinois, Ohio State were done. I, I settled in for some Valpo Evansville last night. Well, let's get into what you saw last night, and then we'll take a peek ahead to today. Uh, Illinois State was hanging right in there with uh, with the Bulldogs, Kevin. As you saw, I mean, they they hit so many threes in that first half. The last one, as the clock was uh, as the first half clock was running out, had to drive DeVries nuts uh, that they were able to get that shot off. But what did Drake do specifically in the second half that took Illinois State seemingly out of their game and allowed them to pull away for a convincing win? I thought, Kent, the big difference was Jonah Jackson being able to hit threes. He hit five triples against the Birds. He couldn't zone them. When they played in Bloomington Normal a few weeks ago, they zoned 32 minutes against the Drake Bulldogs. Bulldogs only got 22 points in the second half, so Jackson hitting shots was huge for them. And you know, Pitt is such a good penetrator. And you got Robbins. That guy is an elite rim protector. Mm-hmm. He played really well, he and he's a difference maker in there. He didn't play very well over the weekend, though, against Austin Fife. And as we look forward at this matchup, we saw the game less than a week ago. What do you do from the Drake perspective? Flush it. Do you talk about it? Do you bring it up at all? Do you go back and bring out tape of what you did in Cedar Falls in that game for 35 minutes of it and how well the Bulldogs play? From the coach's perspective, what are you doing trying to get these guys ready with the memory still lingering of what happened Saturday at the Knapp Center? Well, Trish, you've got to take tape of that Saturday game and you have to learn from it because I thought Robbins overhelped. He kept trying to block every shot and that allowed fights to get all types mm. of garbage points as a weak side rebounder. So they may need to keep him home a little bit more. And more importantly, you got to stay between the ball and the basket to Drake Bulldogs. But A.J. Green, like Darren DeVries said to me, when he makes those tough shots, you just got to tip your cap right. and don't let it affect you going down court and say, hey, he made it. Forget it, and let's keep playing. That's huge for the Bulldogs today. Yeah, you're, you're, well, a good point on, on Robbins. He would kind of take him away from the hoop, and that allowed Fife to essentially p- pick up every rebound that, that came his way. Kevin, as you saw, I mean, you were in the building. You had the color of the game. He picked off 18 of them last Saturday, 18 boards, six of which were offensively. They've got to better do a better job, uh, and it's tough to do. I get it, but they've got to limit Fife because uh, those second-chance points, I don't have the number in front of me, but he had to have a boatload of them in his own right. Well, he had four offensive rebounds just in the first half. Fife did, so I think Robbins has to stay home more and they got to guard the ball, keep from getting in there. And it, it's it, Wilkins has got to have a big game if Bulldogs going to win this. Uh, he's got to be able to make shots along with Jonah Jackson because what, when those guys make shots on the wings, mm-hmm. it opens up that funnel, that middle lane for Penn and Robbins to operate on that drag screen where you can't get help to Robbins. And he's got such soft hands; he keeps it up high. Your second defender is not much of a factor to get the ball to him quick. And Sturtz has to play like he did last night, as opposed to this last uh, this this past weekend. He was Kevin. You saw it. He was really good last night. I think it was a point away from a career high. He tied his career high uh, last night. They need that Sturtz as opposed to the one that was at the Nap Center last week. I love that kid, and he's the one. The reason why Illinois State could not zone, they put him in the middle of the zone, and he made plays against the Redbirds. Uh, what? You know the back cut ninja has. Adam Hemenecker has so aptly named him. He works that baseline as well as anybody 
I've ever seen play college basketball. To win the automatic bid, you got to win the conference tournament. You and I comes in as the prohibitive favorite, but it's three games in three days. It's a grind, and even though you and I is the best team in this conference this season, getting through it, going to take some role players. We saw a great game out of Noah Carter last week. Your thoughts on him, what they can get out of Justin Dawes, and, and maybe the wild card out of the mix. His minutes have been inconsistent, but the freshman backup point guard, Antoine Kimmins, he can look really good. Mm-hmm. Gets going a little too fast sometimes out there. But the bench play, how important is it for the Panthers in your mind? When you get a tournament situation, trends, you know playing day after day, those bench guys are huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, anytime you're away from home, and not what Kimmins does, along with Taiwan Pickford, they break energy when they come into the game. Now, they may make some mistakes, fresh mistakes by Kimmins, but his pressure on the ball speeds up the game and, and takes teams out of rhythm. So Kimmins, just, even six minutes a half on 10 will be huge in this game. I thought even Noah Carter. I mean, Noah Carter didn't play a ton last Saturday, Kevin, but uh, what, 11 points in eight minutes, and that was back-to-back games. He's really finished at least the regular season of the Valley uh, playing his best basketball of his young career as a freshman. Noah Carter has irrational confidence. Hmm. He thinks every shot's going in. He reminds me of two guys I coach, Troy Mullenberg and Cam Johnson. They never worried about their last miss because they were going to make the next one. This will be interesting tonight to see Ben Jason. He used Carter as the five-man in place yeah. of Justin Dahl, yep. and they set that high pick and pop. Robbins went with A.J. Green. It let Carter float back and hit those threes, and he had 11 in, what, eight minutes? He had 11 and 13 minutes mm-hmm. the game before against Evansville, so he has got the hot hand right now. We'll see when Jake pulls that out of his bag of tricks and uses that. Quick hitters on the other quarterfinals. Uh, game two, it'll be Bradley, Southern Illinois. Saluki's limping in, losers of five of their last six. Of course, Bradley won the conference tournament a year ago. Your anticipation, what we're going to see in game two? I like Bradley because when you get in these tournaments, Trent, you go with seniors and guards, mm. and they've got Daryl. Brown Jr. in the backcourt, and Nate Cannell was third team Valley. He is a very efficient player. He's a little bit of Trey Burrow type player. I think with that backcourt, that they're going to be a tough out for the Slukies. We're on a little bit of a reel right now, and you know, Slukies is a young team. So we always talk about you get these arenas, you look up, there's that third tier of seats. Sometimes it puts a little shock in those mm. freshmen or the seniors, and this Bradley team was here last year, so they been here in this environment before, so I'm leaning toward the Braves on this one. The third game, it is Loyola-Valpo. You mentioned a little bit early, Kevin. I think Valpo's got a shot in this one. Yvonne Freeman Liberty yes. missed the last two games with Mono. He came back last night, did not shoot it real well, but you see how active is. And when you watch him, you think if he improves his jump shot, this guy might be a pro. And he is athletic. Of course, he's Marcus Liberty's nephew, the great Illinois star. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you look at the history of these two teams, Loyola goes to Valpo, wins by three. Valpo had a shot to tie that at the buzzer. Valpo goes back to the Gentile in Chicago, lose by two. This is a close matchup. Valpo runs a motion game, and Porter Mosier will tell you, it's a whole different way to guard the motion game. He's very concerned with every place baffled because of their style of offense. And they've got a star in Donovan McClay, the freshman. 
And the finale, Indiana State, Mo State. Ken and I Kevin's have talked about it. fourth game of the day. <laughs> yes, number four for you. Missouri State, they were the yeah. preseason pick to win this conference. Won four out of six. One of those losses, an overtime loss at Bradley. They're finally playing well. The Bears feel like maybe Dana Ford and the crew has figured it out. Yeah, that'd be an interesting matchup. And Jake LaRavia, the fabulous freshman for Indiana State, has been, uh, I think he's got an injury of some sort. You know, he hasn't practiced the last two. He's only played in games. So they may come looking in here. We're staying a great backcourt in Barnes and Tyree Key. But I like Missouri State in this game yeah, because he's got experienced guys from out west out of West Virginia, Hall out of Nevada. They've kind of been in this tournament situation before, and they're seniors. That senior urgency, they're looking around, hey, this is my last time putting on the uniform. I look for the Bears to start playing well, but they've got to get some good play out of their youngsters. They're freshmen in the backcourt. Uh, Kevin, I don't want uh, this to be uh, taken that I'm rooting against Drake. That's not the situation. I do wish, I, maybe I am, uh, because I want to see this Panthers team get uh, get that bid, right? And obviously if they win on Sunday, if they get to Sunday and win there, it's an automatic. But if they get picked off today or get picked off, if they get picked off today, then all bets are off. So who does who does the, who do the Panthers have to fear most um, of uh, who who I'm not saying afraid of, but if you're you know if you're Ben Jacobson and you get him in a quiet moment, who doesn't he want to see on Sunday? Well, they're going to meet Bradley if they win today tomorrow. That's the team that concerns me. But I think it's Loyola Ramblers still Loyola. The way okay. They defend. Yep. Excuse me, Loyola Ramblers because of the way they defend, they close gaps. And if you look at what they've done against the Panthers, uh. Each time, A.J. Green has had seven turnovers, 14 turnovers in two games against Loyola Ramblers. So it's uh, uh, they have a gap defense. They take away your transition. And we know Northern Iowa, the leading scorer team in the Valley, wants to get out and run. So that would be my concern. And, uh, you know, Porter Mosier always rises to the moment with his team. Kevin, we'll get you out of here on this. We were scolded on Twitter that it's Kevin Lehman. I've been calling him that all interviews. You have, and I've noticed. I've known you, Kevin, for a very long time. It's always been Kevin Lehman to me. So help us out. How do we pronounce your last name correctly? (laughs) Just do it. L-E-E. There you go. M-A-N. Lehman. So I got some Twitter fans, huh? Yes, Yes, you you do. do. Absolutely. Uh, And uh, he reached out to us and said, I'll read it to you if I can find it. It was... uh, uh, Danny Noonan was his name, and do you, do, do you see it, Trent? I don't. Uh, something about respectively, guys. It's Kevin uh, Kevin Lehman. Why never? You, why did you ever correct us, Kevin? Because he's a pro. <laughs> he's oh, a pro. You, my dad always said, "Kid, uh, call me anything, but don't call me late for stuff." So <laughs> gotcha. It never bothered me too much. And I do have a nugget that my son Grant Lehman pulled up. They really talk about how hard it is to beat his team three times. Yeah, you and I facing Drake today. Uh, his research was 70% of the time the team that's won the first two will win the third. And there you go. Like that number. Uh, with respect, Coach, Kevin Lehman's name is pronounced Lehman. Ask anyone who played for him at UNI. He's also a fantastic analyst. By the way, it's cool that he coached both Nick Nurse and Darren DeVries, and it is. And it's great that you join us. Wash your systems of Iowa. Kevin, you've got a busy day. We won't keep any more of your time. Uh, save that voice of yours, Kevin Lehman. Thanks. You'll be uh, using it a lot today, my friend. All right, guys. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. I'm going to go have some hot tea right now. <laughs> boy. Take care, Kev. See ya.
Kevin Lehman joining us from St. Louis, Washer Systems of Iowa. Thank you, Danny Noonan, for pointing that out to Trent and I. We've had him on forever. Yes. Crazy. Incredibly long time. And yeah. Kevin never said anything not, about not it. Not a word, but we'll get it right from now on. Kevin yes. Lehman. Lehman. Uh, Rob Doster. We got, got that, that right? One right. I think so. Joins the program next. Miller and I got Condon other names to- for a Doster. <laughs> I do. I bet you do. Uh, Miller and Condon till noon. 1460 KXNO. States or situations. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Let's get right to Rob Doster, WatchStadium.com, NBC Sports College Basketball Talk. As uh, we go around the world of college basketball, Rob, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on, Rob Doster. Let's start with this one. You can only watch one game this weekend. Which game would you, uh, most interests you? Oh, man, you can't do that to me. This is the best weekend of college basketball. You can only watch one. Uh, you know what? I, I, this is tough. Okay, this is what I'm going to have to go with. I was thinking, like, at first, my first initial reaction was, you know, that Louisville-Virginia game has a lot of yep. writing on it. But then I was like, do I really want to watch a game that gets played in the 40s <laughs> when I can go watch Seton Hall play Creighton for the uh-huh. biggest regular season title in a game that's going to get played in the 8th? So I think that answer is pretty easy. I'm going to have to go with Seton Hall and Creighton. Yeah, that's and, a uh, big spot. You, you know what? This is kind of a tangent, and I don't know how much you guys get this out in Iowa. Big East basketball has been unbelievable for the last two years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I kind of, I'm kind of partial to UConn, and I cannot be more excited. With the way that UConn's playing now, all the young guys they have, and the way that Big East conference has kind of been sh- uh, uh, shaken up, and I cannot be more excited than to see UConn going back to that conference and, and the level of play and how much fun that style of basketball is. The Big East is a lot of fun, man. And I would mm-hmm. urge uh, anybody listening to this, if you're able to get in front of Fox at 2.30, on, uh, on one thirty our time, yeah, one thirty central. 130, yep, one thirty your time in the in the central time zone. But if you live in the eastern time zone, the only legitimate time zone, then, uh, <laughs> then you can turn it on at two thirty. It's going to be a great game. It really is. This Creighton team—they've been fun to watch offensively. They've been good. I was telling Ken earlier today that Villanova Seton Hall game was one of Oof. the most fun. Uh, down-the-wire games that we've seen. Neither team had timeouts late. I think that made it even more entertaining as we didn't get the stoppages we normally have late in games. Is there something that can be done? I know coaches, especially college coaches, they love their timeouts and their ability to use them. No, that thing sucks. No, 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 no. We need the buzzer. We need the clock. One timeout a half? Do we really need these timeouts or tighten them up? Something better can be done, it feels like, with timeouts. Yeah, you know, I don't mind it at the end. Um... Because I, I think that what coaches do is they kind of they save to be able to draw plays. And, and, and we see it in the NBA as well. Um, it's a little bit more streamlined. And we don't have – the biggest issue for me, it's not the timeouts at the end of games. It is all the reviews and all the delays for that. Yeah. So if we have 30 seconds of drama where someone calls a timeout and you can kind of get ready for, like, this huge moment that's about to happen, this huge possession and this huge play, that I, I don't mind that. It's where we get these, like – 90-second delays to go review a clock so they can put .3 seconds back on. And then they have to go to the, you know, after the next possession, they have to go and review for two minutes to see who the ball went out of bounds off of. And, like, I get it. I think that, that monitor reviews are important. But at some point, we need a cap on it. Like, you know what they need? You know how when, when like, if you watch competitive chess, they have one of those timers. Watch competitive what? 
competitive chip. You, like you talked to the wrong guys here. <laughs> well, you know how. This, I mean, yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yep, yep, yep. When they hit that timer, yep. and it keeps going. Like you only get a certain amount of time to make your like however many moves you're going to make. Like they should have that for monitor reviews. Like you can have net an in-game two minutes of monitor review time, and you just you hit the start button and it starts winding and winding and winding. And then as soon as they stop, you hit stop. And maybe the first one takes 40 seconds. Okay, we got a minute 20 left of monitor reviews for the rest of the game. I think that's what we need. We need something because uh, I'm with you. The end of college basketball games can really, really mm. drag out. And I don't think the biggest issue is timeout because, again, like there's a lot of strategy that's involved with that. Um, but it's those, it's those monitor reviews, man. There's nothing I hate more than a monitor review. I'm with you. Uh, we, we are in the throes of at least some of the uh, conference tournaments. But, Rob, this Saturday night, the wherever it was played, um, Duke, North Carolina, to me, was always the unofficial start of, of the month of March, right? Because it, it's on. Once we get to the final weekend, the final days of, of the regular season, and it's seemingly Duke and North Carolina are going to play, uh, regardless of what school's hosting the finale. But, boy, oh, boy, this year's, this year's edition of Duke, North Carolina, Trent figured it's 15 and a half. Duke's going to be favored 15 and a half points. Rob, this game was used to be such a big game. Sadly, not the case this year. Yeah, I mean, it's not quite as exciting because obviously North Carolina has had the issues that they've had. But I'll tell you what, if you're giving me 15 and a half points and Cole Anthony with the way that Cole Anthony's yeah. been playing over the course of the last month, I, I'm, I'm, I'm taking all of my money and putting it on North Carolina. Well, maybe not all of it, but I'm putting, taking <laughs> a healthy chunk of it and putting it on North Carolina. They've been, they've won three in a row. Um, Cole Anthony has been playing the best basketball of his freshman season over the course of probably the last three weeks, like the last six games or so. So I actually think that we're going to get a pretty good game here. Now, it doesn't have the same kind of implications that it normally would, but here's the thing you got to remember. Louisville and Virginia tips right before that. They tip mm-hmm. off at 4 o'clock. That game, oh, well, 3 o'clock in your central time zone clocks. Um, but then as soon as that game's over, that's when North Carolina and Duke tip off. Florida State is an afternoon game as well. So Duke is going to know whether or not they can win a uh, an ACC regular season title while they are playing that, like before that game tips off. North Carolina is going to know whether or not they can spoil the opportunity for Duke to win a, a, a conference regular season title. And remember, Duke has not won a regular season themselves, title yeah. since 2010. They haven't won an outright ACC regular season title since 2006. Now, the outright title off the board, but you don't think that, that North Carolina yeah, good point. would love the opportunity to go into Cameron Indoor Stadium with freshman Cole Anthony, who puts up 35 points and eight assists, hits a game-winning three at the buzzer, goes full Austin Rivers in Cameron Indoor Stadium. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be some drama. Let's no matter what happens, we could say there. Oh, this game's not interesting. North Carolina stinks. Roy Williams old. Cole Anthony's uh, overrated. You can say all of these things, but there's just there's no way that game's going to ever disappoint. We thought the last one was going to disappoint. Yeah, and it was that unbelievable. Was, yeah, you're 100 percent right. Most drama we've seen yes. all, all season. So it's I I I understand what you're saying, and you're not wrong. Mm-hmm. But I I'm I'm not going to say that that game is going to be. Uh, Something that's not worth watching until it actually is not worth watching. Do you know how much the get-in price is? Tickets as low. You know, ESPN's got the schedule. Five hundred and fifty bucks Jeez. is, is the ticket for Duke North Carolina this year. When eh, you, you you made a good case for it, Rob. Uh, go ahead, Trent. Well, here's the thing. Do you know how much it was last year? It had to be. Last year it was like four grand. Yeah, for sure. Crazy. Have you ever been to Cameron? Cameron? I have not. No. I have not. Because you don't like. 
I, I don't even think, like, when you watch it on TV, it looks small, but right. it doesn't even do justice to how small that arena is and how packed everybody is in there. Like, there's literally no space. It, it's mm. like when you're walking on campus and you walk up by, like, whatever, like, or just a random, normal college campus, and you're just walking by another building, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's the gym where <laughs> students go and work out. And, and it looks like it's just, I don't know, like a strip mall building. It's not like this big, massive tower Is that right? with all these pop parking lots around it. It's just like another building on campus. It's like, oh, yeah, that's Cameron Indoor Stadium <laughs> where they've won five national titles and all those banners hang. And once you get in there, it's so packed and it's so crowded. And uh, like the, 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 when you're sitting on press row, like I, you guys got to try to get there at some point. Just like say that you're um, – I mean, we'll, we'll put you on the NBC Sports credential list and we'll yeah. get you in there. And you got to sit there. And, like you have to Cameron crazy – Leaning over you, you have to wear dark shirts because they're going to get the paint all over the back of your shirt. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's certainly a bucket list item that you got to get to. That is awesome. Rob Doster joining us from NBC Sports. Rob, you know, it felt like last night it really was conference tournament time. You had, of course, the MVC, which is important for us here in our outpost, and we get you and I, Drake, coming up here at noon. You had the Mountain West craziness last night. Marble goes off for Wyoming. They get their ninth win of the year, beating Alford's boys, so I stayed up watching, smiled at Stevie Boy going down there. Want to ask you, though, about locally the UNI Panthers. Three consecutive wins, obviously, they're in. How tenuous a situation is it for them? If they get knocked off, regardless of when it is, in St. Louis, are the Panthers out in your mind, or do they have a good enough case to get in? So here's the thing about them, and this is what complicates it. At this very moment, I think that if you're doing a field of 64, uh, 68 teams and you're just assuming that like we just give the automatic bid to Loyola Chicago right, right. or someone else, yeah. then I think that Northern Iowa probably ends up on the right side of the bubble. The problem is that it's over the serious. course of the next week, yep. all of those bubble teams in the power conferences are going to be adding better wins, yep. right? And none of them are going to be adding the loss that is as bad as whatever Loyola, or I'm sorry, whatever Northern Iowa ends up taking. And I think that it's pretty much guaranteed to be a, a quad three loss unless they lose to Loyola. I, don't, I haven't looked at the updates yeah, in that standings, right. but it's not going to be um, a good loss for them. It's going to be a loss that, that hurts their resume. Whereas if you're like, let's just say Texas, right, and you end up losing to Baylor in the Big 12 tournament. That's not a bad loss, you know? It's probably going to raise your net playing the top five team again. So that's where they're going to run into this issue, is that all these other teams are going to have better opportunities to improve their resume, and if they end up losing, they're not going to get hurt by it. It's not going to be something that dings their resume a little bit more. You know, as it stands, I believe Northern Iowa has two quad three losses and just the quad one win at Colorado. And that's a great win, but doesn't look quite as good as it did before Colorado no. lost two games last week. Yep. And um, it, it's so they're in a tough spot. I would strongly, strongly, strongly recommend going out and winning the automatic bid mm-hmm. because you don't want to have to sit there on Selection Sunday and have all that stress. They have a full week. To sit that's and wait. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. West. They have a full week to sit there and wait. And that means every game that you watch that has a bubble team in it, you're rooting against a team that's loot, that, that, that has a chance to get in the NCAA tournament. That's a lot of rooting to do against teams that are actually going to be pretty good. And eventually someone's going to win. And they're just going to – I would say that if they lose in the, in the Missouri Valley tournament, even if they deserve to be one of the teams that gets in, uh, let me phrase it differently. Even if they are good enough to be one of the teams that is an at-large team, I just don't think they're going to end up getting Dude. in. Because you know, you know how the, the narrative is always – I know. Bubble? They don't have history no, on their side. Yeah. No. 
They don't the, run. The, the bubble is actually good this year. Like, it, I don't, I don't know if that means that like this year's bubble teams would beat last year's bubble teams, but in terms of what their resumes are, this year's bubble is good. Like, we've had Texas has played their way into yep. the NCAA tournament. They've won five in a row. Totally agree. Uh, Providence has played their way into the NCAA tournament. They've won six quad one games since February first. Mm-hmm. UCLA has played their way into the NCAA tournament. None of those three teams were even in the bubble conversation as recently as four weeks ago. And now all of them are going to end up having better profiles in Northern Iowa. So they knocked a bunch of people out. Then you have teams like Rutgers going out and landing big wins. And you have teams like Utah State not losing. It just it turned into a year where it looked like the bubble was going to be fairly weak and we might even get 12 Big Ten teams in. And now it's like, well, you know what? This Rutgers team that has won 19 games and has five quad one wins. If they haven't won enough on the road, they might not actually get into the tournament. That's where we are are at this point with the bubble. So uh, you got to have a pretty strong resume to get in. Rob Duster, we will talk to you next week. Rob, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure, guys. Good to talk to you. Rob Doster talking college basketball. Speaking of which, Fran McCaffrey's teleconference. Pencil in. Good. Creener in. Perfect. Per McCaffrey, minutes ago. Tom Caker in 20 minutes. Dylan Montz next. Miller and Condon till noon. 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.